0: You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola.
1: Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer.
0: Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Something good for you.
1: What's going on, guys? What's up, y'all?
0: Feels like. Don't already start sucking the microphones.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I do that. It's just so exciting. We're live.
0: I know. We're live. Welcome back to something good for you where. At one point in time, a long time ago in the galaxy, far, far away, we used to come at you once a week to give you the, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we used to do this shit once a week, but shit just hadn't been going on. But you know what? Figured it was uh, time to hop on the live stream and kind of give everyone a little bit of... A little bit of company. We certainly have needed it ourselves. And, hey, a decent amount of people have already
1: rolled in. Seriously, thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate that. And leave a comment below. Uh, Leave us a voicemail here at the uh, corner. of the screen here and leave us a voice message and you will play it on the show and you get to be internet famous for a moment. <laughs> Temporarily internet famous.
0: <laughs> yes yeah, for, uh, for real guys uh, give a call to that number right uh, See, I'm, that's I, why I, I didn't, I, knew I, it. <laughs> you, didn't it. you didn't want to embarrass yourself. 513-463-SGFY Call us up, leave a voicemail and we will play it on the show and maybe later on we we'll might turn on the number. We've done that before. We've just turned on the number and uh, had people call in and talk to us. so We might even do that. Who who knows
1: and again you know, we, just don't just get, get us kicked off facebook or anything silly like that guys <clears throat> I, I, th- I, I trust these people i do too i trust them i think we'll be okay
0: oh look at all the people coming in now we got erica jenny what's up y'all hey everybody we got michelle howdy yes, howdy howdy <laughs> it's just cowboy hats and i'm sure a tribute to the the captain over here basically <laughs> it seems like the uh The cowboy hat emoji is the uh, the go to to, uh, for like talking, like to give love to Cap. It's the uh, cowboy hat emoji. Y'all are calling
1: me white trash, is what y'all are really trying to say. (laughs) No, no, no. My country ass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, sir. Not at all. Not at all. What's up, Mike? But no, seriously, it is It's kind of nice to come back and do this. And, and again, the reason we haven't been doing a lot of the mainstay episodes is because a lot of that is just kind of hanging out with friends, you know, and talking. And, you know, we don't get to see friends anymore.
1: Exactly. It's more of a hang kind of a show.
0: Yeah. So it's like on our Patreon... Uh, uh, you know, and you can get a lot tree thing, and you can sign up to our Patreon dollar mm-hmm. a month. You get a whole bunch of extra shows, and I mean, we've been churning it out on that because we've been doing a lot of those with uh, Chris Morrison, a good friend of ours, and um, he uh, we we'll just think of a topic and we'll just kind of roll with it, and you know, with this one, we kind of like it to be update-y, you know, kind of just hang out and talk with our friends. But I've been talking to a couple people since. Uh, things have been opening up a little bit, and hopefully we'll have a couple guests here. We're we're definitely planning on hitting it big come 2021. Hopefully that'll be <laughs> when we get to do right.
1: stuff. We'll, we'll <laughs> be doing stuff regardless. I mean, somehow we all found ways to get uh to stay busy in 2020, like even in between jobs. You know, last time we got on here, we were uh, gainfully unemployed. Do you, do
0: you need to adjust the mic? A little
1: do bit? I need a little bit? How's no, that? I, I
0: like upward for you. Make it a little more comfortable for you.
1: I'll have to hunch either way.
0: <laughs> no, I was talking
1: about you. Oh, we gotta do that. Okay. Look,
0: it's, it's, it's it's okay. I'll, I'll produce her. It's okay.
1: <laughs> look at that, look at that. Well, oh, you, isn't that so much you easier yourself for just you? in front of everybody? Well, n- well, do you not feel
0: a little better talking now? You don't I have do to now. lean over.
1: <laughs> I do now. Thank okay. thank you, Alex But you were saying
0: last time we were on the show.
1: Right. Uh last time we were on the show we were uh in between jobs. And but since and then we, we still are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got some part time work, got some part time work here and there. I started uh, teaching music to some kid to uh, at a school that's right down the road from mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alex, you're working with uh, Tony. Well, that,
0: don't listen, let's move away from that real quick. How's that been?
1: That's been a lot of fun. I'm I'm enjoying teaching. It's yeah. one of those deals where it's like I had to figure out how I, I was going to build my curriculum and teach on the fly.
0: Now, now, what what grade are you teaching?
1: It's mostly younger kids, but I had a an adult um, at my last session. Okay, who like to learn. What,
0: what, what's younger kids
1: like? Eight years old till about eight to thirteen, eight till like uh, no eight to like uh, fifteen, sixteen something like that.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, see that's not too young. <laughs> no,
1: it's still fun though, especially if the kids are really into it.
0: Yeah, what 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 seems to be your kind of <laughs> the hurdles in any of it?
1: Um, if there are any hurdles, it's just you know communication. You know, trying to con- uh, talk to an eight-year-old is like how you would imagine trying to talk to an eight-year-old is, <laughs> especially if you're not you know, um, you know, professionally, this is my first time, you know, in an education format as far as a career anyway. Right. And it's something I've been wanting to do anyway, since I had the idea of leaving my last job anyway. So the fact that it's coming to fruition like this has been, uh, has been awesome.
0: That's cool, man. And have, What,
1: what, what sort of good
0: stories do you have for any of us here at this point? Because that's what I'm trying to lead in with. We're a comedy show. We're supposed to tell stories. I'm trying to get you to like see if you can think of a story for us.
1: The funny thing that happens, uh, I was—I uh, think I brought this up the other day—is uh, you know, since I'm an older fella now at 33, all the younger kids are listening to stuff that you know uh, I was listening to when I was younger. That mm-hmm. is their classic rock now, right? Like uh, Nirvana is what your mom and dad listen to <laughs> at this day and age. For me, you
0: know, I never thought I would get there. That's so weird.
1: All those bands that are like that. Like even like the the drummers that would come through um, Fifth Man and stuff like that. All their mm-hmm. bands were the Sound Gardens and Pearl Jams of the world. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah. No, and and I remember uh, messing with mom one time. I had to be maybe between like maybe twelve and fourteen somewhere in that area, and we were flipping through the radio and whatever song was finished up playing. The song that came on after that, I remember distinctly it being American Idiot, and her going. Ugh, and, <laughs> pressing the fucking button to change it because you know both of us just sick of that song couldn't stand it and and at one point i kind of turned to her i said you know in about 20 years that's going to be considered classic rock yep and she looked at me she's like you shut your mouth <laughs> but the thing is is like we're already starting to see that we're like that album is considered nostalgic
1: it's not something you would hear on the uh, classic rock radio still though you don't hear it. not uh, yet not, but, not but, any but, but, but people
0: consider that record nostalgic now
1: what's going to happen here in the next couple of years is going to be a fucking emo resurgence. Like the My Chemical Romances are going to have their uh, second generation, you know, copycat (laughs) versions because that's what happens every 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, I guess.
0: And and that's the weird thing is I I do see a little bit of that resurgence of the pop punk emo kind of coming back into play. And it's weird that that's already hitting some sort of like nostalgic thing
1: probably because like a uh, war tour is was wrapping up before the pandemic uh, started. And uh, I don't know all of those uh, legacy um, labels like uh, fat and epitaph mm-hmm. are all just kind of, uh, you know, it feels like they're just kind of scrapping just to uh, get their own, uh, you know, in-house bands out at this moment too.
0: Yeah, and well, I mean, you're kind of seeing that a lot more just in general. Bands kind of reclaiming their old catalog and totally. then redoing it themselves. It seemed like Metallica was kind of the first one to really do it, but even then, it's like, like you said, Fat. I mean, that's that's Fat Mike's thing, and uh, that's No Effects. So they basically have their own. No Effects has their own in-house printing. I think Metallica does the same thing. Uh, Green Day is now out of Warner, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're about to try to buy back their catalog.
1: That'd be cool. Um,
0: so is, and hell, I wouldn't be surprised if Kiss doesn't try doing that at the very end of everything, try to buy back their catalog.
1: So what's going to happen uh, now with uh, bands going forward and uh, putting out new music uh, through your CD babies and uh, or putting it out themselves without mm-hmm. any uh, gatekeepers at a label or anything like that what use is any big label going to be at any point going forward, depending on, you know, the landscape of the industry at this point?
0: I would say, I would say the one thing
1: major labels still probably
0: have is, um, um, promotion and like getting it out there to a new audience
1: it's all about those relationships with them
0: i I, that that, that's that's what i'm thinking i I think that's where a major label could still hold into play now they they can get in trouble if promotion agencies really step up if promotion agencies all of a sudden start providing those windows of opportunities and stuff like that then all of a sudden major labels probably have to maybe sweat a little bit more but I think that's probably the main thing they still have. They, they have the connections to major radio stations. They have connections to the touring acts. They have those sort of connections to where... You know, if if that's what it comes down to, and if that's what you're looking for, you know, to move forward as a band, that's where a major label still would come into play. And that's why I'm happy with Hobo Wolfman Records. HoboWolfmanRecords.com, Wolfman dot totally. com. And, and actually, fun little segue on that. Hobo Wolfman Records has this random new single release going through their chain or whatever. It's
1: on its roster. Mm-hmm.
0: That was I was taking a drink to allow you to talk about it. That's kind of your thing. Why don't you tell the good folks about what's going on up in Hill?
1: I released a new song this past Friday. It's called Automatic Love. It's that song that we've uh, been talking about on the mic for quite some time. That uh, we recorded uh, in Atlanta. You
0: recorded in Atlanta.
1: Well, you were down there with me I, the
0: Royal. I, I didn't, so- b- but I just I'm wanting to make it clear. Like I didn't play on the record, so or the songs. <laughs> I just want to make sure that it's clear that it's like you went down to record it. I went down to film it.
1: the editorial we yes
0: (laughs) the we as a whole
1: but yeah i'm excited about uh this new new track Uh, it's out now on spotify apple wherever you get your music all the places there's a video on youtube Mm -hmm. that was done real real well by uh, my co-host here
0: amateur bullshit hour over here (laughs) whatever man it's
1: it's a i like how all of it turned out and the reception has been great so thanks to everybody that has been uh, listening to it so far
0: yeah seriously the, the reception really was great I wasn't ever doubting it but it was just one of those we're seeing it just being like oh shit people are like actually paying attention because I've been playing with you fuckers on Facebook I know you've been seeing me by <laughs> talking shit about CDs and all that other shit it's like oh yeah you'll comment on that and a lot of people have shown up tonight and that's the reason why I did that to make sure folks would actually see this live stream and come out and hang out because you know Facebook is fucky like that sometimes yeah thanks <laughs> Guys, <laughs> yeah, seriously, and a couple more people have rolled in in the live stream chat here. We got Johnny, David, Brad. What's up, gentlemen? Hope everyone's having a good evening so far and hanging out with us. And we actually do have a decent amount of viewers with us tonight. That's a nice, that's pretty nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks well, for hanging. This feel, makes us feel good. Um, Miguel's uh, in here automatically.
1: I've <laughs> already had like a couple of people tell me that they've played it like numerous times and it's been stuck in their heads, dude.
0: It's catchy as hell. It's a good song. I throw a little teaser out there. I think the second song you recorded's better. <laughs> that's my favorite. But that, that's you'll, there's time for that.
1: <laughs> it, it'll come out sometime in the spring. But we're already talking about uh, doing maybe something, sooner. So maybe we're well, we're talking about all kinds of cool shit with it. We'll yeah. uh, keep you all informed on that. But I don't know. The, with the reception I've gotten for it so far, I've, I've gotten comparisons to Stiv It's gotten Stiv Baiters. It's gotten Go Go's.
0: yeah man it's gotten a
1: a whole mess of things yeah I dig it said uh
0: patreon said it was oh uh, uh, Eric no I sent out an email for patreon subscribers only to let folks know that the live stream was going on tonight that's what that was you're good come on man and look everyone's joining up in the live stream it's like because you know if you go to that little link that's like right here uh, linktree slash something GFY you can sign up for our discord and I know you've seen me talk about this a couple times Um, but essentially what discord is it's it's like a organized Facebook live chat and like the old MSN chat room days of old so it's like you, you hop in and we've got multiple different rooms we got music lovers we got gear heads we got cars and firearms and just mean chat i mean just any self-promotion if you're in your own band and you want to show off or if you do graphic design and you want to show off your new stuff we've got graphic designers that show off a uh, chris uh cj bones who uh does a lot of uh co uh artwork for us he did my uh animated head and like on uh caps artwork he did the star in the background because i can draw an oval and that's about it <laughs> uh, but if, if it comes to freehand i can't do that shit at all i can take something you give me and make it look good. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) Uh, CJ
1: does some all kinds of cool shit.
0: Absolutely. So uh, CJ will be in there and and he does these really cool figurines for a little role-playing online or like a role-playing game he does. And, and God, it just always blows me away. The cool little 3d graphics he makes with it. And all that goes down in our discord. Yeah. So like I said, click the link, just hop on in super easy. You sign up, just come up with a fun little nickname for yourself. Just have some fun with us. It's, because I'm trying to stay off Facebook. It's like I have to be on Facebook to an extent because it's like, you know, pro- promote the man's new single, you know, do this because, you know, this is where the majority of people hang out. But, you know, I don't like hanging out on Facebook much, y'all. It's like I like... I'm on Instagram a lot, but I'm on my Discord a lot. I, I like that in there. And Discord
1: it's, is honestly my favorite platform right now.
0: It is. It's just a lot of fun because you get to actually interact with people. You don't get ads. You don't have, you know, just people sharing random bullshit. And it's like... And if you get if you want to go on a fucking meme sharing spree, it's like say. there's a room for it, and it's like that can be going down all at the same time you know gearheads are talking about guitars in a separate room, and it's like not one is going to bog down the other exactly, <laughs> and that's what I like about it. so it's like everyone is free to do what they want to do, and you can hop between the rooms and you know have your fun you know in between, and we've even just got like a general chat section too, so
1: I think our meme chat is probably the most vicious meme chat on the internet
0: yeah you can't hop in if you're easily offended y'all it's like we 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 don't do anything bad but it's like there's a lot of going to hell for those memes that goes down it's the best it is really the best we love it in there and we'd love it if you came in so join the something good clubhouse on discord and have some fun with us and that's that's where you can really find us a lot nowadays
1: basically And,
0: and we even post little teasers in there that we won't put on facebook because we know facebook doesn't show our posts so we'll even hop mm-hmm. in there and show like album artwork a little early, or maybe drop the video a little soon, like we do in Patreon and
1: stuff like that. So I mean, it's a good networking tool as well if you feel like just you mm-hmm. know looking for some uh, creative direction and whatever you're putting together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've we've seen that happen numerous times before. Just you know, a creative hops in and all of a sudden sees one that they're looking for, and you're like, oh shoot, you're doing this, and all of a sudden they start doing something. Together yeah, you and can it's build, really cool.
1: You can build little teams in there and things like that.
0: Yeah, so definitely hop on in and enjoy yourself if you feel so inclined.
1: Normally we'll get into just like super nerdy conversations about just uh, like little rabbit holes I've been going down this weekend that included a lot of... uh Late 70s, early 80s, hardcore and punk bands from California.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and like David said in the uh, group chat, he goes, uh, Discord memes can't be zucked. Nope.
1: <laughs> True. Oh,
0: <laughs> uh, man. But yeah, no, you've been uh, digging into a lot of those uh, kind of classic punk rock documentaries lately.
1: The Descendants one just came up on my YouTube feed. And uh, it came out in 2013, 2014, something like that. And I hadn't watched it in years. So I'm like, oh, it's all free on YouTube right now perfect and <laughs> right after that the fucking circle jerks uh documentary comes on in mm-hmm. a suggested thread or whatever and i'm like might as well and then you know one uh Men and uh decline of western civilization uh, doc later <laughs> with the germs and all that that's gonna be a, my world for the next few days
0: <laughs> oh yeah no dude for sure and and that was the funny thing is like so i'd seen you kind of going through all that and it it oddly made me nostalgic Because it's like, that that was the kind of shit I grew up on. It's like, you know, mom was showing me that, you know, from like early teens. And it's like, that's basically all I consumed until I was like maybe 19 or 20. Right. So it's like, until really I was 19 or 20, all I really consumed was like that fucking raw germs, Gigi Allen, Annie scene, you know, punk rock kind of thing. So it's like. Kind of being separated from that from the last few years, you know, really digging into other genres and kind of finding, you know, who I really am as maybe a musician or songwriter and finding things that are kind of tickle that, you know, part of my brain. When I saw you watching all that, it oddly made me feel nostalgic because it's like I hadn't gone down that rabbit hole in so long. And it was just kind of cool to see, like, just that classic 80s punk rock vibe and style.
1: That wasn't really like celebrated anywhere I was living until I came to Charlotte. Quite honestly. So so
0: that wasn't really because you said that the music scene wasn't that big there, but even if the music scene isn't that big, usually there's like one or two people that may have like a respect for it or whatever. In Knoxville,
1: Tennessee, it was definitely maybe just three or four bands that were doing anything remotely like uh, what they were doing. And you, and then I come to Charlotte, go to a show at Tremont, and that's what all the bands are doing. And I'm like, this is pretty fucking cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's like you go to Tremont and RIP. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a wrestling podcast now. God, <laughs> Venues. god. But no, it's like uh, or you go to the Milestone on a good night, and it's like you know, boom. It's like you said, every band is you know still holding that torch for just that classic aggressive punk rock.
1: And it wasn't really introduced to me in high school or anything like that. None of my ki- uh, friends in west tennessee were listening to fucking black flag or circle jerks or anything like that yeah i think bad brains was the only one that ever came up when i was growing up uh, a friend of mine who actually hit me up the other day um got gave me uh, a Bra- a bad brains dvd from live at cbgb Ooh. and that was just gnarly as sh- it was just gnarly as hell and when i was uh when i first get uh, when i first got introduced to it i didn't uh, it didn't grabbed me you know the music didn't grab me the show the visuals totally grabbed me but yeah. it went until later where i started to appreciate the music
0: no and that makes absolute i mean i did this uh we we talked about this on one of our patreon shows but i mean i did the same thing with the sex pistols it's like the first time i look, i heard sex pistols it's like I, that's that's not me i don't want johnny's voice no it, it didn't resonate with me it wasn't for me it took a good couple of years and then i put it back on again and i'll like, say oh Okay, I get it.
1: <laughs> I think it, with me it was The Descendants because of all the hooks and the melodies. They were kind of uh, they were in that same uh, crop of bands as Black Flag and stuff like that. And uh, it was that's the way I see, I see them. They're just Black Flag but with melodies and hooks yeah. and songs about girls breaking their hearts and shit like that.
0: No, and uh, and, and I guess I was kind of fortunate because even though I really didn't have. F- Friends growing up, necessarily, that like that kind of stuff. At the same time, I also didn't make a lot of friends in, you know, grade school. Uh, (laughs) But, Uh, By the time I actually started making friends, I was hanging out with uh, Cody a lot, uh, Russ Ward's son. Uh, Cody is uh, the guitarist in Borenheist. Right. And uh, he wound up becoming friends with Owen, and he brought Owen into the friend group. So all of them had kind of started listening to the same kind of music around the same time I did. So I had had like a little group of like, you know, musical confidants, you know, to kind of do like that. And Mikey was kind of part of that friend group, but. He fell more in line with a few of my other buddies that more listened to like Avenged Sevenfold and Slipknot, and I don't think Mike was a big Slipknot fan, but it was just still what that friend group kind of right. listened to—disturbed and more, you know, industrial metal and yeah, guitar har- rock.
1: Big like time, that. you
0: know, guitar porn, you know, metal shit. So it was like he he kind of ran with that crowd, and then I kind of had my little punk rock crowd with like Cody, his sister, uh, Owen, and a few others. So it was like I, I at least had a couple little punk friends to hang around with and go to shows with and such.
1: Yeah, there wasn't anything like that where I was growing up. Even we, we wouldn't go to Memphis to go to, you know, local shows or anything like that either. Yeah. And even at that time, the early 2000s, that was probably the era of, uh, the garage rock that, say, a Paint Fumes would play.
0: Yeah, and and, that, and that's also the weird thing is, you know, then you've got a band like Paint Fumes that have been around for a while doing the garage rock, and, you know, technically they're kind of ahead of their time, which, oddly enough, you know, we kind of were at the same token, you know, trying to do the rock we were doing a few years ago, but it's like now the kind of rock that we do and what Paint Fumes do is like that's what's kind of, popping now and that's what's just kind of interesting is like you know these bands that have been doing the correct thing for a while you know doing the thing they love it's like all of a sudden It comes back around, and that's what I kept saying. Basically, ever since Fifth Times the Charm, I was just like, "We just keep doing this. It'll come back. It'll come back." (laughs) And it's like, and it finally feels like, oddly enough, this year, you know, a lot more bands. You know, hell, even another one like Paul just commented, and that just made me think of it. Even like Sunday Boxing. You know, they they're very like a riff punk band. Totally. And so it's like you know that stuff is kind of bubbling to the top more. And honestly, that's the kind of stuff that interests me. You know, and even the stuff like Van Huskins is doing. You know, they, they're they very kind of riff rock, riff punk. And, I, and I'm finding a lot more bands kind of embracing that, and I'm really excited about that.
1: And everybody's at a place right now, uh, like I was saying earlier, everybody's at a place where they can make their own music at home and uh, mm-hmm. distribute it whenever and however they want to. So it also gives them the outlet to put out their best work to really uh, – to use a phrase that my friend Reed used the other night, to really John Fogarty the hell out of the tracks. So so what's he mean by that? To be a real asshole about it. <laughs> <laughs> about making it sound so good. I'm not
0: like that at all.
1: <laughs> Me neither. <laughs>
0: That's why we're terrible to work with in the studio.
1: <laughs> but to John Fogarty's credit, every one of you in this chat knows at least fucking 20 Creedence songs. Uh,
0: oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's see. Uh, well, I was gonna say. yeah, Let's go kind of hop over into the uh, chat real quick because uh, I mentioned Paul. He goes, he loves Descendants and All. Yeah, Descendants was a good classic.
1: I didn't ever listen to much All. I didn't either until I saw that documentary. They were kind of. Uh, they didn't really catch a break because mm-hmm. all the Descendants fans just wanted to see Milo, you know, front the Descendants. But Milo would, you know, take breaks breaks from tours every two years to go pursue his career in science.
0: Yeah, and before we get to Tyler's, uh, kind of staying on that topic of um, kind of classic punk. Where do you kind of fall in this? Do you go Black Flag or Circle Jerks? Mm,
1: Since Circle Jerks is still pretty fresh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Also because uh, Circle Jerks wasn't preachy.
0: Okay, I can understand that. I can understand that. Circle Jerks was one that I've still hard, it's been hard for me to get into. Like honestly, my favorite Black Flag eras is everything kind of before Henry Rollins.
1: Me too. Honestly, my favorite vocalist in Black Flag was Dez.
0: Really? that his, That's a pull.
1: His version of Damage fucking rules. I don't know, oh, if I, it does. I, I don't know why I, I love I that version love in particular that much, but it's just so raw. I'd say
0: just, he's my third. Okay. Uh, I'd say Keith is number one, of course. Um, and honestly, Ron, Ron. Ron was a good vocalist.
1: That's one of those um, who your favorite kid... Uh, questions? Is your favorite vocalist? And, is in and, and Black the, Flag? And the
0: reason, and the reason being, is like I really like Jealous Again. That's I such a good song. <laughs> I got a funny uh,
1: Keith Morris story that involves uh Owen. Actually, oh yeah, we were in uh when we all saw Flag in Asheville a few years ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Go ahead, I remember this.
1: Um, my buddy. and and a girl I was seeing at the time And somebody else We were all uh, hanging out And uh, just hanging out in Asheville For the afternoon before the show And yep. we take an Uber into downtown Where we were going to go uh, get our bite to eat And Owen just kind of sees this dude In dreadlocks Just walking down the street In uh, downtown Asheville And he just goes Is that is that fucking Keith Morris? <laughs> and we're like Holy shit, that's Keith Morris And he's just walking down The fucking street of Asheville Just blending in Like with the rest of the Asheville because hippies Because he looks
0: like Every other Asheville hippie Yep, Exactly <laughs>
1: <laughs> he can go just blend in and do whatever the hell he wanted that day. <laughs>
0: I, know, I thought that was so good when Owen was telling me his story. He goes, I didn't think it was him for a second because there was like three other people that looked like him within five minutes. <laughs>
1: <Yep>. <laughs> that was a great show too. Oh
0: my God, yeah. I wound up seeing a lot more people at that show than I thought because um, Clayton and I went out to that one. And, um, and, and, that, and you know, that was one of my favorite shows mainly for the reason being That's one of the few times I've seen Jeff get energetic about a show that he wasn't playing because he'll get, you know, very, you know, energetic on stage, you know, doing his thing. But like during certain songs during the flag set, I'd look over and like he was, you know, kind of giving us some of this, you know, had his fist up in the air and it was just like it was so great to like look over at him and like see that because it's like. I never really saw that much from him. You know, anytime Jeff's been at a show, you know, he just kind of hangs in the back, you exactly. know, this, that and the other, but it's like, no, both of us were like elbowing our way up to the front, being like, move motherfuckers. He <laughs> this was is a fucking
1: flag. <laughs> he was a punk teenager again.
0: He was. And it, and it was so cool. And, and, and the best thing about the show, man, Done by 11. Yep. They were off the fucking stage at fucking 11 o'clock. We were out the venue by 11.30. I remember walking to the car with him going, Punk rock show, and before midnight? Shit,
1: I'll go out to more shows if that's the fucking case. <laughs> I loved seeing that mosh pit fly because it was mostly like 30 to 50 year olds yep. in there. And whenever the show's over with, they're all just kind of like, you know, limping, limping <laughs> up a little bit. Just kind of like... Oh, this is why we don't do this anymore.
0: <laughs> but but it's like but they all got into it and it was, and it was just so great to see. And that show was fucking amazing.
1: For those who don't remember Flag was uh a super group of sorts because they uh because it was all former Black Flag members outside yeah. of one of the guitar players because yeah. they don't own the rights to Black Flag. Yeah, what was the
0: one guitar player that was not wanting to play nice and like it's Greg again. Greg yeah yeah Greg was not wanting to play nice and like he kept the black flag name and he's like the only guy <laughs> in ke- the black flag named band and he's still holding it on but then you got flag that had like Dez and Keith and like all these fucking good ass fucking members absolutely killing it. It's and like the-, the
1: hardcore Southern California supergroup.
0: Yes, and and they just called themselves flag and I have not seen a more tight and just aggressive live band but they weren't like that live though if that makes any sense it's the sex pistols situation where if you listen to the sex pistols their songs are technically slow right but it's such a tight aggression it feels like you know you kind of feel like that when you listen to it you kind of got that same vibe seeing them live because Keith, of course, was still bouncing around the stage acting like a fucking madman. But I mean, Des is an old motherfucker, you know, he's just kind of hanging in the back, you know, everyone else, you know, just kind of doing their thing. But it's like, they still had such an aura coming off them that you just, you felt that like, God, I want to punch a mirror. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, you, you just felt
1: it. And all these guys are like, they had to have been in their fifties, you know, oh, God, easily performing like this too. And Bill Stevenson, the drummer is fucking crazy too, dude. He's oh, such yeah. a crazy, good fucking drummer. He seem
0: to be- kind of be the youngest of the group.
1: I think they're all relatively around the same age, yeah. but, uh, I don't I guess he's fucking just taking care of himself. Yeah, man. fucking drummers. <laughs> yeah, Bill Stevenson and uh, Stephen Eckerton from uh, Descendants were in that lineup.
0: Yeah, no, that that was. Mm, I'd have to say that was probably. Now that I have to really think on it, probably in my top five favorite shows I've seen. That, that, that was me. really up there. And, like, yeah, you know, I'll take any local band out of the bill because I've seen some damn good local shows. And, and I'll even have to take any scene shows out of that one. But, like, for bands that aren't easily accessible for me to see, easily in my top three favorite shows ever going to see.
1: And that's one of my favorite venues. Uh, Orange Peel go, is Orange Peel to go I've, to see. Shows. I've not
0: seen a bad show at the Orange Peel. Now, that's now
1: some of my more fun. Like, my favorite bands have played over there, my favorite new bands in the past like 10 15 years. Even when I was working college radio in Knoxville, we would get tickets to, uh, to go to Orange Peel shows every now and then. So, oh, really, that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and Paul goes uh, saw Bad Brains there in '96, one of the worst shows I ever attended. Really in the seat, but I guess uh, HR's mind was already on his way out. I
1: guess '96 Bad Brains is way different than say '86 Bad Brains. Yeah,
0: if, if Owen was in the chat or if uh, Owen was called the if he was here and could call the voicemail, he could probably tell you he is he is just like an encyclopedia from um uh, for Bad Brains, man.
1: Bad Brains is one of those where like everybody that was there. Fucking loved Bad Brains. Like Mm -hmm. it was the Beatles, and then Bad Brains. For the folks that were there and saw them live, and I guess they never really captured that vibe on record, which is hard to. Yeah, yeah, and it is. And I mean,
0: but then you had some punk bands like the Misfits, where it's like you didn't want to capture it live.
1: Yeah, they legit couldn't play for a minute. <laughs> no, for a minute. For ever could. It wasn't
0: actually until really these reunion shows that they ever have good shows, because even the Graves shows were a little sloppy at times.
1: It takes a really good drummer sometimes.
0: And It wasn't Robo, bless his heart. Great and Black Flag. Great with the misfits with Earth AD. And that was about it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, a little earlier in the chat though, Tyler threw out a hot take. He goes, "Synth based rock is the next big thing."
1: I'm not going to disagree with that. All right, so you just
0: explain that one to me.
1: Just because uh, there's a resur- there's just resurgence of synth driven music anyway. There's a lot of stuff that um. I can't really name names off the top of my head, but I know uh, my brother and my roommate were both listening to the same kind of like moody um, soundtrack kind um, quality eighty synth music. Mm -hmm. That's uh, I don't know if there's a genre title for it at all, but that's just been real real popular with folks lately seems yeah. to be kind
0: of, I, well that, that, got, that be kind of became a popular thing a few years ago, there were YouTube channels kind of uploading what they called the study playlists, and it was supposed to be like these lo-fi beats and jams and stuff, so like, you know those old R&B records that kind of had like that kind of sound yeah. to it, they would like get that, and then kind of put maybe like an older AM, FM kind of radio sound on it to kind of give it a little bit of scratch, and then the it, they would oddly mix like classic vocals, but like they would like double it up and like use it as like samples and stuff,
1: yeah, I know what you're talking about that yeah. was that was a whole thing in the. 2010s Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so it really kind of started with that and then now it just kind of moved into just kind of creating organic new
1: versions of that it's just all soundscapes and things like that yeah
0: and and there and there's some bands that kind of specialize in that like um someone sent me this artist the other day and and it sounded just straight up like that like it it didn't really sound like a song. It honestly just sounded like background music. And it was good. Like, I, I've saved it to my Spotify, but it's like, it wasn't like, ooh, this is a band song. This is like, okay, this is like cool, you know, just vibe of music, which is, it's an odd thing.
1: But uh, rock bands are starting to take that approach with the synth wave, whatever, too. Yeah, Whether it's... Uh, Sturgill Simpson or uh, The Struts or uh, Green Day or anything like that. Well,
0: I mean, well, The Struts, I mean, that,
1: I would still say they're more garage rock than anything. They got some really, really produced songs, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Tony's been playing a lot of them lately.
1: The ones up. I'm not a huge Struts fan, but the tracks that I've heard sound like they're trying to be this generation's queen, if that makes any sense as far as production.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Tyler's further clarifying for us here in the chat. He goes, I think rock is going to take on more influences from electronic and EDM-based with synths and samples. Riff rock bands have been doing it, but they're pretty lame. I <laughs> <laughs> think newer bands are going to
1: expand on it and make it badass. <laughs> well, again, well, again, that's already happening.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it 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 definitely is. and And... I don't know, though. I don't know how I necessarily feel on that ne- necessarily. And, and I know that's kind of hypocritical of me but because of some of the stuff I've been listening to that will save toward the end for what are we listening to. But, um, but I, th- I feel that... I, think there's gonna I don't be- know. I might be digging myself a hole here in the chat. But, but I feel like there's a time and place for each of that. There- and, and it's like if you want to do synthy-based stuff, cool. Well, don't call it rock. Let's call it something else. That's maybe where I kind of stand with it, where, yes, that would be something cool. I might be interested in that, but I wouldn't necessarily want to call that current rock and roll. I would call that a new genre. I'd call it synth rock.
1: I was going to say, in the 90s, they called it industrial.
0: Yeah, even in the 2000s, they called it (sighs) industrial. Hmm. Yeah. That's more electronic rock. I think what Tyler's talking on is more synth rock, where it's a lot more melody driven instead of like samples and electronics, like <laughs> which is
1: kind, which is kind of like what the Sturgill record was. Was it? Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of one of those where uh, I'm sure a lot of bands are going to try it, and a lot of bands are going to suck at it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you even threw the Green Day one out there. One of them. Um, one of the songs that comes to mind was off their latest album, a father of all uh, take the money and crawl. Uh, they kind of had some cool little synthy parts in that, but that was more the The song kind of almost had like a seventies cop vibe to like the main riff anyway, almost yeah. like a bang, bang, bang kind of thing. So it almost worked kind of having like that kind of synth kind of vibe to it. I think if, I think even if they had done the entire record like that and tried to call it rock and roll, I may have had a little bit of a problem with it, but it's like that was a song they did like that. And then there was another song that sounded like a Beatles song and then a garage rock song. You know, they kind of mixed it it's up. It's all
1: about flavors and, you know. Right. Work. I think it's
0: mixing in the flavor is going to be fine. I think if they try to make that the new standard of rock is where I might kind of bristle a little.
1: Well, start are kind of, you know, towing that line a little too.
0: I would still call that new wave indie rock. Like I I wouldn't want to consider that punk or rock and roll. Like I I really want to go even like Starbenders is kind of a new wave rock outfit. Like if Joan Jet met Blondie. Right. Kind of thing. Like that that's kind of where I see Starbenders.
1: They're a pop band more than anything.
0: Yeah. I, I I would have a difficult time calling them a rock band. They're a pop band that can write good rock songs. That's a good. <laughs> that that's, that might be a good way to kind of put that. They're a pop band that writes really good rock songs.
1: Or they go Starbenders if you're listening. By chance. they're not.
0: <laughs> Maybe their Capadres are. <laughs> I won't name names, but <laughs> you can say we said good things about them.
1: <laughs> Rocktronic. That's what that's what it's going to be called. Good good work, Tyler. You know, I like that Rocktronic. Hmm. That just sounds like a uh, electric com- some uh, kind of gear company or some shit.
0: I the like it though. Electronics. Mhm. <laughs> And yeah, seriously, guys, don't forget, if you want to call up and leave us a voicemail on our little phone number here, that is 513-463-SGFY. Look at that. Look at that. I was even able to touch <laughs> each one.
1: <Woo>! Nailed it.
0: <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> but yeah, make sure to uh, call up the number here, because uh, we definitely want to have some fun with you guys. Uh, we do have a phone call here from Johnny G, and let's see what he's got to say for us. You know, every time I hear that opening message, it sounds like a threat. But let me just start off with CDs are not obsolete, so
1: there's that. Now, my dear friend, okay, Captain right. Nun, this is... No, no. Oh, 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 I don't get my comment. Pause. <laughs> I was going to say, we can get in deep on that.
0: Pause. <laughs> Even Mikey tried throwing some bullshit at me on Facebook today. <laughs> CDs are obsolete. You don't need them. <laughs> Continue.
1: Johnny Golian, coming into his show in about
0: 15 minutes. But I need to know while I'm watching this straight up cast of you, what was the transition and sound like? What were what were your influences and how do you feel going forward with your sound, with your music off of the singles, assuming you're going forward, which you will. We'll see about that. We will see to it I mean. Um, where do you see it going? <laughs> that where do you feels want like a threat. <laughs> right. to
1: threat? Right.
0: Love y'all, my le- hetero life friends, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you good sir. As always, good to hear from Johnny G.
1: Well, yeah, Cap. What am I gonna do with my shit? What you doing with your shit, boy? Well, as I mentioned, I got one more in the can that we're gonna do something cool with uh the beginning of the year at some point. But as far as uh, you know, taking my taking what to do with uh, original music going forward, I mean I'm just gonna keep writing and see if I can just uh, pitch it to Superjet, fill in, see whatever band wants to play them or and or uh you know go from there i just kind of used that uh, this whole automatic love experience as an exercise to get better at my craft you know in the studio and to uh you know see if i could you know put something together that would uh you know connect like that yeah
0: and honestly that, even that just kind of came from uh during the fill-in's writing sessions uh, you were just kind of spitting out a bunch of songs and i remember you were working on uh, automatic Love, and then not the other song you recorded, but there was one more that kind of had like a similar kind of chord progression to it. Yeah. And we were kind of workshopping it, workshopping it. And I was like, I don't know, maybe that's just a little too light for what we're doing. And you're just like, well, I, I really like this one. And you just kept working on it, kept working on it. And eventually you're just like, I'm, I'm just going to record it myself. And I was just fuck yeah, do it.
1: <laughs> I honestly, started too from uh, having Rim Rops get canceled that week because I took that entire week off yeah. just to, you know, you know, take the week off before the biggest show of our year yeah. or what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Really? So I just spent the entire uh, week cutting demos with uh, Justin Campbell from violent life, violent death. Mm-hmm. He helped me, uh, you know, piece all that together and uh, made some suggestions uh, here and there. Yeah. And uh, we cut some pretty good, a pretty good demo that week. And I pitched and I just pitched to tuck and he liked it. Yeah. Wanted to do some power pop.
0: No, and I, and I absolutely love the way it turned out and, and, and filming, it was a lot of fun too. And, and I'll throw some props on this because, you know, folks already know it was a good song, but, you know, kind of, you know, the drummer on that was a uh, Joey and uh, mm-hmm. he, he used to play in the biters uh, when they were a thing. Um, but then um, he's now playing in gunpowder gray and I think rambler yeah, and, you know, just a wicked great drummer. Uh, but I was there filming uh, the day before pre-production and then, you know, there for the tracking. And I'm used to when I'm filming bands, you know, especially like practice and whatnot, if I'm going to be making a video of it after the fact, you know, it's it's a headache to try to get shit kind of synced in and everything else. And there were times, more times than not, than what I would wound up using in the video, mainly because it would just would have stayed on it for way too long, that Joey, during the practice, before you guys cut the song, was perfectly in sync with the recorded song. Like, outro shit, like cymbal crashes, and like fills, and all this. Like, he, like, for a good solid 20 seconds, synced up perfectly with the fucking track and it's like and i remember taking a sample of it and i filmed it like on my phone from my computer and i sent it to him and i'm just like dude what the fuck <laughs> and he's like dude he's like did you fuck with that i was like no that's you i said that is there's I said I, there's, I took the background audio of the practice out i said but that is you right there to the recorded track in sync in practice <laughs> keep in mind
1: like we Barely met each other leading up to this. Yeah.
0: outside of like just hanging out, you yeah. know, and just kind of this, that, and the other. But, like, meeting to, like, play music? No, y'all had not met up to play music before this at day all. at all.
1: And just nails it. And it's the same tempo, the same moves, the same variations that wound up being on the record that uh, are caught on the video from yeah. that practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah absolutely no like I said it's at some point I might just simply for uh, him to kind of post on you know just as a little saying a little bit later on I might go back to the video and like just take that outro section because he did he just absolutely just boom just fucking it was
1: it was it, very dr- as
0: was, an editor it blew me away
1: <laughs> these are two these are two heavy drum songs too so I'm sure he had some fun with it and uh, if you're I'm if I'm a big drum nerd so I was just hate I was just happy that he was able to do all those little tricks with it. Yeah, especially the way he ends with that, of that. That's my favorite. That's my favorite part of the song.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and like I said, I've even got moments on that where he's just perfectly fucking in sync, and I'm just like, damn, <laughs> fucking drummers. Every so often, they'll blow me away. I was just like,
1: I'll hire, a, I'll hire a local and uh, all that good stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it worked out.
0: Every time we've had to pull on a local, it wound up working out.
1: It really has.
0: Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> No, and really outside of that, um, like I said, just really just kind of working. Yeah, Joey was definitely in the pocket. <laughs> <I> totally. <told, laughs> yeah. Joey was in you, the pocket. You want to talk about pockets. <laughs> Joey was <laughs> in the pocket. Um,
1: I see he asked about influences. Yeah. Um, a lot of Beatles this summer. Listen mm-hmm. listened to a lot of Beatles and Elvis Costello and uh, went down a serious, you know, late 60s, early 70s melodic rock kick. Yeah, like uh, Big Star was a big one too. They were kind of a uh, a forgotten band from Memphis mm-hmm. that, uh, for those that don't know, wrote the uh, theme song to that '70s show, mm-hmm. <clears throat> "Hanging Out in the Streets." Or uh, that that song, that's a Big Star song that uh, Cheap Trick re-recorded for that '70s show.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say because a lot of people think Cheap Trick wrote the song.
1: Nope, that's a Big Star. Those are Memphis boys. Memphis boys. <laughs> that's all. It's only a uh, bit of history. The city of Memphis has had musically outside of uh, (laughs) Sun Studios in the 50s.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, I think that's just the main reason it just wound up not really working as fill in songs is, you know, yeah, we've got, you know, more popular songs like, you know, dr- uh, dramatic or personally or even drown your blues, but all of that still kind of almost has like a thin Lizzy vibe to it. Yeah. Th- this almost had like then, you know, an Elvis Costello, you know, Tom Petty kind of pop rock vibe. And and I think that would be fun to eventually incorporate in the band, but I think I think if we had hit them with that <laughs> it's a
1: little bit of a it would
0: have been a little bit too much of a shift.
1: It's a different animal altogether for sure.
0: It definitely was. So yeah, I I think I think all of this wound up going through in the right way. Plus, those songs are fun to play in felon sets.
1: Totally. So
0: it's like it's not like you know it's not it's something completely outside of, you know, our little bubble. It's like it's something we still get to incorporate in and something like the felons. And and like I said, who knows, maybe that second song might be good enough to play in the felons. I'd like to <laughs> just kind
1: of treat it like a Joe Walsh experience. Joe Walsh will go and do an album and then he'll get back on the road with the Eagles and make an album and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, no, and and honestly, man, I'm I'm finally starting to kind of get you know my head kind of right a little bit, and I'm I'm seeing a lot of co- cool stuff coming up for us this coming year. I think so. Like like I like just different like literally plans I've kind of had in my head in the past two days that I hadn't even like fully vocalized that I'm just kind of like napping out. I think by next year, I think we could fill the whole year with music in some way, shape, or form.
1: I think that's one of the things that people are figuring out about you know, how to build their shit back together from something like a pandemic. Everybody's uh, kind of cutting their losses and figuring out what the next move is, and now we have time. We've had a full year to figure out what our next move is.
0: And it's definitely been a weird transition, too, because it's like, you know, again, we haven't really been on the show much. So, you know, just kind of even refresher on that. So it's like last time we had that major show, we had just that was in September. We had just, you know, basically hopped out of that. And ever since then, you know, it's been just that slow thing of, okay, well, now we have the freedom. Now, how do you get the weekly similarities back? Because it's like you need the freedom, but you still need to find the weekly anchor. Exactly. And and that's kind of what's been difficult. And it's like, you know, for me, I work, you know, we were bringing up earlier, you know, I've been working with Tony. And one of the things I've been trying and we're finally doing. But what I was really trying to work with him was let's get together at least every Monday that way. I'm mentally getting up and going somewhere on a Monday. That feels like the start of a week for me. That way, by the time a Friday comes around, it actually feels like I've had a full week. You know, that way it doesn't feel like I'm waking up on, excuse me, waking up on a damn, you know, Thursday, feeling like it's a Saturday or waking up on a Sunday and feeling like it's a Tuesday, you know,
1: because I don't fuck with you. <laughs>
0: it will, man. And that and that's and that's one of the things that's. Kind of. That's honestly been the biggest struggle in all this. Is like because you have the free time, it feels like you have all the time to do it. But then it's mm-hmm. like, oh wait a minute, twenty four hours is still twenty four hours. <laughs> exactly.
1: I was living a bartender schedule pretty much uh, until a couple of weeks ago, doing the playing outdoor shows and things like that, where I would, uh, you know, my Fridays through Sun, Fridays and Saturdays I'd be working. But then like your Sunday and Monday, you're like waiting for the next offer or whatever the next move is kind of going, all right, what am I supposed to do with my hands here? <laughs> That's probably another reason why I wanted to work on put these songs out so bad is because of boredom from not playing shows. Yeah
0: and and I think honestly for me, it's like th- this year felt like the epitome of taking two steps forward, one step back it's like every time it felt like I was kind of getting a little bit ahead, something would knock me back a little bit. And then as soon as I would kind of get that kind of cleared out, pop someone else would kind of snap me back. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like now I'm back into the whole, I'm back kind of thing. And it's like, I'm finally mentally into it. And it's like, that's been just the weird thing about just this entire year. It's, at least on my end of it, from anything from the record to personal life to, you know, job or anything else. It's like, as soon as I feel like I'm like, all right, I'm about to do the big thing, it's pop. (laughs)
1: It's like, hold up, cowboy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And, And basically... I would say for probably the last three weeks, I've just kind of taken a no fucks given kind of reckless self-abandonment kind of approach, and it's worked so far. (laughs) So my motto, if you've been on my Instagram lately, is just keep 2020 weird. And I've been trying to keep it weird, and it's worked in my favor. (laughs) It's in December. It's almost over
1: anyway. Might as well just lean into it hard for the next few weeks.
0: And I might roll it into 2021. Who the fuck knows? It's been working.
1: (laughs) Especially in a month than – For a line of work that we do, which is music, there is hardly any work anyway.
0: And I think also that's what kind of messed me up was when I I was getting to the place of wanting to work for myself and being ready to do this, it was also with the thing of, okay, I'm going to have the freedom and availability to – get out and play shows more often, not have to really reject offers, you know, and be able to do all this stuff or, you know, okay, I want to build up my own personal branding because maybe there's some stuff I want to do, you know, with my own personal thing outside of stiff media and a separate thing that, but it includes me kind of maybe going out and being a bit more social in some aspects. I can't do any of that, you know? So it's like that wound up kind of putting also a little bit of a damper on, My progression in taking my own independent route of my income being me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so even through all that, it kind of wound up I'm having to shift my personal direction in what I do working for myself to have income in a way that doesn't involve me going out <laughs> you know right and, and one of the things i accidentally stumbled on was the t-shirt thing that was actually really fun which is the Sift media big cartel thing that was really fun because I, uh mike phillips from van huskins he had posted i'm about to show my ignorance here i have no idea what it referenced buddy i'm sorry if you're in the chat please let me know but <laughs> he he posted this photo of a white t-shirt and it had like these four cartoonish looking characters from maybe the fifties or sixties kind of reminded me of like schoolhouse rock kind of like animation
1: Gotcha.
0: and and at the top and it was like a looking parody shirt and it said act flag and I saw that in my mind immediately went to Ace Fraley,
1: like in <laughs> the Tom Snyder laugh. interview. Yeah,
0: that, I, you know, and, and he'll like even sign it like that sometimes. My brain immediately went to that, and I went, oh, that'd be a great t shirt. And I commented that. I was like, ooh, I have an idea. And Mike was like, I have an idea too. And I'm like, Fuck! I want to make it first, <laughs> but but I saw that he was already like you know Alex said he had an idea. I want to see what it is, so I sent him like my you know idea, and he was like that absolutely was not what I was thinking. I was thinking act you know from um the uh, the aliens from Mars, Mars attacks. attacks yeah, and I was like no, I was thinking Ace Frehley. He's like okay, do it, bud. <laughs> so it's like I, as soon as I put that up there and I put it on a few kiss message boards and a few people bought it and shit, and I was like okay, well. I might do another run of my um, uh, Fuck Alex Stiff shirts, and I put those out there, and a few more people bought them. And, and ever since I've kind of put out a shirt, a few people have bought it, and that's kind of been interesting and fun. It's never been the same people. It's been different people. Yeah. And I've kind of had just a like few random ideas in my head of like just a stupid saying, and I do a Google search on it, and it's not on a T-shirt. It's not really been used on anything, and I'm like... Okay, I might put that up there on the shop for like a week if someone wants it. And and it's just kind of a fun way to do something creative. And at the same time, no one has to fucking buy one. But at the same time, if you see it and you think it's funny, hey, now you're supporting a guy that just had a funny idea. And now it's on a fucking shirt. <laughs> also,
1: look like custom t-shirts are just fun like that. Because c- if nobody buys them... Hell, it's fucking years now.
0: Exactly, <laughs> and and also that that was kind of the that's also been a fun thing for the I'll i hook you up, Dustin. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, and that's honestly been the fun thing about this is the technology has gotten to the point where you know when we were getting your uh, record uh, your single ready for release, it was a situation of we were up at like midnight, one o'clock, yep. and I turned to you and I went do you want to sell a t-shirt or something? You're like, I hadn't thought about it. And like within 30 minutes, we had a shop up and a t-shirt ready for you being like, all right, we'll post this tomorrow too. (laughs) And I've sold a few. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And And it's just a cool thing because it didn't have to come from a thing of, okay, we have to sync X amount of money into getting t-shirts made and then hope and pray that, you know, we sell X amount to at least break even. It's like, yeah, you may not be making quite as much per shirt, but at the same time, you've not had to put up any capital. You've not had to do anything other than make the design and put it on the site. And if no one wants it, no one fucking wants it.
1: <laughs> I suppose if you have a product that people are going to you know, check out for free anyway, you might as well have a little something to accompany it. And I don't have a physical product for the music yet, so yeah. get a t-shirt. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. No, and plus it's like, I've been narcissistic. I've got my face on a couple of t Alright, backstory. <laughs> so, while we're trying to figure out a t-shirt for him, um, I'm going through the photos I edited, and I'm like, I really like this one, and I really like this one. I said, you know, I think one of these two would really work on a shirt, and then we eventually landed on the one we picked. I was like, alright, now do you want a color one or you're a black and white one? And, and the entire time, he's just like, I don't know, just do one. I'm like, no, and you need to like it. You need to like what it is. And, and he's just like, but it's weird. I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. How long have I... I've been looking at my fucking face having to figure out album covers and promo photos and t-shirts. I'm like, welcome to the world. You now have to look at your face and decide which one are you going (laughs) to make. This
1: is new for me, having my face on a t-shirt. I know.
0: (laughs) And I'm like, even if you only do one shirt just for this little uh, one, even if it winds up being a one-off project, at least just have one shirt to commemorate it.
1: (laughs) And I like how it turned out it turned out pretty cool good job yeah i like it it's pretty cool it's
0: had a, had an all right guy to take a photo of to make it it's like if i was taking a photo of an absolute dork no matter what it was it wouldn't look cool so my, put
1: my dumpy ass like my uh my old dumpy ass on the t-shirt <laughs> yeah and that's so
0: that's really just been what's been going on with us man it's just a whole bunch of work and trying to make this shit happen with Editing and writing and all that good stuff.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, this was kind of brought up earlier, and uh, this could be a fun uh, topic that I'd like to hear you uh, think out loud about with uh, CDs. CDs. And how they are obsolete these days.
0: One, that's a little bit of just to get people talking on Facebook because I know they see my posts and don't interact with them. And when I post something like that, it only reaffirms it. So that that's, that's reason number one. (laughs) And if you're kind enough to be watching this still, (laughs) I'll tell you that, but no, that's part of the reason. But number two, people were also misconstruing that as me not being a fan of physical media. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? (laughs) No, I love physical media. I love records But my stance is, in a very rare occasion, like Mikey posted today, didn't even tag me, so he's being very passive-aggressive about it, um, with, you know, Oh, my phone died in the car today. Thankfully, there was a body bag CD still left in my car stereo. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, yes. Let's say... Randomly, you're in your car and you also don't have a car charger like most people fucking do. Let's assume you don't. Yes, maybe a CD is still worthwhile. (laughs) But in the end, mass-produced CDs are not worth it, period. I will even take on the argument of, oh, well, it's a good commemorative thing for a band to have at the merch table. Okay, I feel you. Well, if you really want to have a CD at the merch table and you want to do it cheap, why don't you just buy some fucking burn CDs, burn that shit yourself, and put it up on the thing for fucking free? Because mm-hmm. that shit is super cheap, and if people are going to stream it online anyway, why don't you make some CDs and give them? Noom, there you got your fucking physical copies, and they're still going to fucking stream it online because that CD's going to get buried
1: in the fucking bottom
0: of the fucking car.
1: <laughs> exactly. What, what did he say? He found his uh, CD at the, the bottom, bottom of, of the his car. fucking car. That's where all my fucking CDs are, the few that I have left. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and see, and here we go. Johnny, the day I stopped buying CDs to help support bands, I'll retract that statement. So... If you walk up to the merch table and I see that you have a CD for $5, but I also see that you have stickers and pins, I will give you $5 and say, Give me $5 worth of stickers and pins because I will put that on my jacket. I will put that on my guitar case. I will use that shit. I will promote you. That is a way to promote. You, you know? know, it's like, boom, that's great. So, I, there are ways to, I feel that is a very weak argument to say that CDs are a way to support bands. There are many other ways that you can support bands at that lower cost level of a CD that doesn't have to be a CD.
1: Because people are going to check out your shit on Spotify anyway.
0: Exactly. So it's like, no, you can st- I am 100% for supporting bands. I mean, I was even messaging someone in the Discord asking about their um uh, their t-shirts and stuff cuz I wanted to just one so it's like i'm all for supporting your bands and support them and if they've got cd and i'm also not sitting here going if you like cds you're fucking bad that's also the that's also what i don't understand is like why is it that i don't know if i want to get into all that bullshit now (laughs) but no it's like fuck beta max (laughs) Max, yeah everyone's have everyone's having their thing but no it's like here i don't know why is it that someone can't have a different opinion and be like, okay, well, both of us can technically be right. I just feel that us CDs are obsolete. If you fucking like them, you're not wrong for liking them. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I'm not saying you're bad for liking CDs. I'm not saying you're bad for making fuck i make cd's still i make a cassette tape you know it's yeah. like who the fuck coming am from, i to talk
1: <laughs> coming know? from people that make... how many cd's do we have we have like th- we
0: have 3 cd's we've well, made we've made 3 cd's but we we still have copies of only one but yeah still it's like we've made cd's we didn't make cd's of our last record cuz it's got a digital download and i prefer you just to buy a vinyl copy and maybe we'll release a cd in the future of like a compilation of all the stuff we haven't put on cd but at the same time, it's like, I, I would rather offer you guys some cheaper little trinkets. You know, I'd rather offer you, I would, fi- I would like to find a way to offer you in an enamel pen for $5. Yeah. Because I think it would be cooler to walk around town and all of a sudden see, boom. You know, there's an enamel pin on someone's hat and it's the circle bowl. You know, it's like that to me is cool. You know, I would like to see that more than a CD in someone's hand, because guess what? I know you're listening to this on here because Mm -hmm. I see the numbers and I love you guys for it. And that's the reason I support it. It's like, that's where people listen to music as I listen to music on Spotify all the time. And I look at the numbers, our listeners listen to it there and I love it. Do we get paid? Barely. But do I care? No, you're listening to it. You're enjoying it. That's all I care about. And isn't that what it was supposed to be about in the beginning?
1: We're not in the music business. We're in the t-shirt business.
0: (laughs) Every band is in the t-shirt business. That's why I just said earlier stiffmedia.bigcartel.com Capnun.bigcartel.com, (laughs) hobowolfmanrecords.com Our music is just the soundtrack to our badass (laughs) t-shirts. That's
1: all it is.
0: And the thing is, is like the selling the t-shirts enables us to continue to make the music because the exactly. music is what we're passionate about, you know, and and on that note, if since folks are still hanging around, it's like even though our record release at the beginning of this year completely got fucked, we're we've got new songs ready, you know, and it's like we're looking at getting some studio time. Quite a few too. Yeah. So I we're we're gonna just continue to churn out music, and the and the reason being is because right there, Wes, he's like, I'd rather have a coffee mug, and he's got one. He's got one on the way, <laughs> yep. and it's like, and because of that, that money goes right. That money goes right into recording funds. So, or at least you know, from my 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 portion
1: of it. <laughs> yeah, you don't do the original music to make money. You make money to fund the original music.
0: Yeah. No. So that that's why we absolutely love what we do and we're just gonna continue to do it and that's why we like putting out fun trinkets. <laughs>
1: yep. And part of it too is to get better as a, you know, musician and a writer and a player anyway. Yeah.
0: But no, just just to kinda go back to it all, I don't hate CDs. It just it just to me feels like like if I want to just take it back a little bit, let's take local music out of it because it feels like, it feels like that's a. <laughs> I know we're, we're laughing at
1: the, uh, <laughs> the Discord or the uh, the Discord the comment threads. It's all guys from the Discord. I
0: know. Yeah, Wesco's goes. Uh, the ones are going to be an automatic love coffee mug. <laughs>
1: well, we'll make, make one. We'll, fuck it. If you <laughs> want fuck one, it, we'll, make, we'll
0: make one. <laughs> look, we we are all for just providing what. You want so if you want a automatic love coffee mug, I will make the brother automatic love coffee mug for a shop.
1: Totally, let's do it. So,
0: but so let's let's at least take the emotional thing of local bands out of it because I feel like that's a cop out. I'm I'm a musician; you can't use that on me. Let's not do that. Let's take the emotional thing of local bands out of this. Okay, let's look at it from a strictly business standpoint. Okay, so. I'm just, oh, yeah, perfect one because it's even a gatefold. I was just grabbing a random one. All right, so shout out to the biters. Look at that. Look at that. All right, so this right here. Uh, I will even give you a fun... Oh, man, this is actually a great band to use this as an example with, too. This oh album because in particular. Oh, oh, yes, absolutely. And it even goes with something uh, Mr. Mike Phillips was saying earlier. So Mike on the chat, we do read this even if we don't immediately reply. He was saying that also Spotify is not going to be around forever. I, that may be true, but there'll always be a streaming platform, just like uh, Rhapsody always wasn't around forever. There'll always be something, and bands will always adapt. People always adapt. Exactly. This band, Biters, uh, they were signed to a major label. And without going into a whole bunch of details and back and forth, um, eventually they were kind of put into a position to where they couldn't perform live or play shows or book or do anything without the express approval from the label. So they kind of got wedged into a corner to where they couldn't be a band anymore. So this band, unfortunately, is no more. And that record label removed... All the music that they released through that company, and this one included. So you can't hear this record on Spotify anymore. And that's one of the reasons I'm glad I picked it up. They had a CD copy. I'm not really interested in the CD. I wanted the record. The reason being, I enjoy this. Because... Check this shit out. You got the gatefold. You have something really big and awesome to look at. And plus... There's an experience of taking the record out of the sleeve, putting it on the turntable, putting the needle on. It's a whole, full, tactile experience. So you really don't get that with a disc. Um, you There's there's no expressed feeling of taking a disc out of the thing and putting it in any player. It
1: feels just very... Not from removing it initially, but my whole thing in high school was putting on CDs in my little headset, moving mm-hmm. you know, a little a Walkman player or whatever, your little, like, tiny little pocket CD player. And that was exactly. my experience. And they had all the, um, the little CD booklets. They had all the lyrics written inside them and everything along with uh, all they are. And that was my CD experience. But right. also had the vinyl experience when I was right. younger as well. And I enjoyed the, uh, you know, looking at everything and putting it on the, you know... That, you know the experience I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Oh, yeah. And real quick, uh, uh, for clarification, because since we're the only
0: um, vocal thing happening here, Mike does clarify. He goes, uh, he was saying that uh, just not everyone's music may be available on whatever platform 10 years from now, not everyone's going to keep it up. And that is also very true. And again, this is even kind of an example of that. I yeah. mean, you can't hear this record or... Um, uh, electric blood anymore on... Um, Any
1: streaming outlet, I don't think.
0: No, they, they ripped it off everything because, again, they kind of had some bad blood. And I am glad that I have this versus my CD because, again, even it has a download code, and I've got a copy of it on my own computer anyway. So it's like I have a way to listen to it, and you know what? If push came to shove, I can make a CD of it. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe my biggest argument on it is you can get this... And it comes with a digital download. What's stopping you from making a CD of it? If you truly wanted a CD.
1: And where well, are you going to listen to your CDs these days anyway? Your car most of the time.
0: Yeah, my, my Mikey says for some reason he doesn't have a car charger, which I know he does. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden his phone is dead and... Can't play music. <laughs> I guess his Bluetooth receiver was also broken.
1: <laughs> Hilarious.
0: Yeah, so it's, I don't know. I, I, I like to have fun with you folks. I like to have fun. That's the reason I say stupid shit like that. You know what,
1: you know what happens to a car full of CDs? The car gets stolen and all the CDs get fucking stolen. That's what happens.
0: You triggered Cap, you triggered
1: him. True story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. It, and yeah, vinyl is way cooler. And and again, I, I'm wanting to take any of the local aspect out of this because again, I also get it. Local bands, it's, it's expensive to press vinyl. I get it. I know we couldn't do it either. But it's like we couldn't on the regular rather do that. So right. it's like I get it. Just if you have the ability to make vinyl. <laughs>
1: my copy's blue.
0: <laughs> yes, he has the special blue copy. I have the standard Normie <laughs> copy. But both of ours are at least signed, I think. <laughs> yeah, I still, I still have my insert that's signed at least.
1: Yeah. No, vinyl's just way cooler. Especially, Even just the, the idea of color vinyl is still just so cool to me. Are you, are you going to get colored CDs? When does that ever excite anybody? And why does that never excite anybody?
0: What does what, what never excite?
1: Like colored CDs or anything like that, or like any special CD packages, other than maybe uh, what they used to do with uh, VHS cassette covers in the 90s, where you uh, uh, tilt it one way and you get a different image that oh, just kind of fades into yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. That's the only cool CD package idea there ever was
0: the ones that immediately come to mind actually are two kiss releases like s- pretty close back to back it must have been a late 90s trend yeah so they had a cd called you wanted the best you got the best you know it's kind of a compilation of a live one and two with some extra live tracks right uh, that right. were unreleased <laughs> <laughs> aka recorded new in studio
1: (laughs) without Um, peter
0: (laughs) (laughs) and um and i remember that cd had like a neon pink and green two-tone to the uh plastic right and then psycho circus had um that weird 3d cover where the front of it was like what you say where you'd kind of do like this and it would move yeah and it'd be like the gate opening on the psycho circus truck
1: Okay, yeah, I never those, had a those, copy of that. Yeah, those are the only two I can really remember. A lot of hip hop artists did that, especially in the early two thousands. But the when the Memphis uh, rappers were starting to come up,
0: yeah, and and honestly. I've been semi-jaded on CDs ever since the Time Is Now era for the band. I I don't don't remember years. I remember everything by album. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, so whatever Time Is Now era was is when I already started becoming pretty jaded by CDs because I was thinking around then only putting it on tape with a download card like we did uh, No Love Lost. right? I initially thought about doing it even then. Uh, but the only reason I didn't was because I was like, well, maybe just I'm bored of the standard jewel cases. And I made a post online going, "Hey, if a band makes a CD, what interests you in it?" And I just I kind of took a survey among friends, as being like, you know, what what do you like about CDs? And because I didn't have a love for CDs. I wanted to figure out what do people like about CDs, so we could actually make a package that people liked.
1: That's a hard question. I'm trying to think of you know all the my favorite CD, you know. Things or whatever. Yeah.
0: And, and I got a lot from people, digipacks. They like the whole like full encased paper thing. And that's why we went with the digipack for the time is now. And that was a lot of fun to create. From a creative side, Is still a lot of fun to do. Like any layout is still fun CD, tape, vinyl, it doesn't matter. But after having it for a day and kind of just appreciating what i had created outside of that the idea of it being a cd was just like eh, it's a cd <laughs> but it's like i still i still grab this fucking thing and i'm just like it's a vinyl it's record so cool. <laughs>
1: it was so expensive but it's so worth it we had the uh when i was growing up uh, my best friend had the big, ster- the big stereo system that uh, had like the five CD changer in it, mm-hmm. and that was the CD listening experience.
0: Yes, yes the I, the multi disc changer. I remember my mom had a it wasn't a Land Rover, it was Range Rover. Yes, she had a Range Rover that uh, the person before it uh, actually installed a six disc changer in the.
1: Holy shit. It
0: it wasn't in the front. It was in the back. So like literally part of the routine was like getting into the car and we would just open up the back trunk, dig our way, and like pull out the like it was like a six or eight disc changer, and like load the some bitch up
1: with just all your song, all your bullshit. Yeah, on it. it was
0: because she did not like care to learn how to work a computer or the disc burner or anything. So she, I, I wish I still had them. She would write me lists of songs to find on like LimeWire. <laughs> and like other like illegal download sites because i had found those and she's like you can just find songs for free online i'm like yeah and she's like could could you find me this song and like within a couple minutes i found it and she's like oh What about this one? (laughs) And so it's like all of a sudden she'd give me like this long ass list of fucking. Adorable. And so it's like, and then she would buy like a pack of CDs and she's like, make me CDs of all these songs you downloaded for me. So yeah, just the whole six disc changer in the back would just be full of all these burn CDs. And it'd be like the rock CD, the punk CD, the new wave CD, the torture Alex CD. You know?
1: (laughs) Torture Alex CD. What was on that one? ABBA. <laughs> that's, a, that's an era that, that's the, one of those where I feel old where like the kids aren't gonna know about the experience of burning CDs because everybody was too cheap to go to the, to the mall to find all this cool shit
0: well man I even I, I even got to enjoy uh, making mixtapes Because I would sit in mom's room because she had a uh, a boom box that had a uh, two-tech, I can't fucking talk now, (laughs) a two-tape deck machine on it. And I would just sit there with fucking CDs and just make mixtapes out of the CDs that she had because she didn't want me borrowing her CDs. I had a CD Walkman and a tape Walkman, but she did not want me borrowing her CDs. She thought for some reason I was going to scratch them, even though I understood the importance of music and CDs. I was very careful with my discs. <laughs> so it was like, I did not want to scratch them. I scratched one CD and I felt so bad about it. I did not want to do it again.
1: <laughs> you get it this time, mom.
0: Yeah, basically. I ain't going to touch it. So yeah, so she, she did not want me borrowing her CDs. So I But she was just like, you know, you can use them to make tapes. I'll buy you all the blank tapes you want. And it's like, all right, fine. So I would just spend hours in her room just like, I became the master of like waiting for the right moment of the fade out and being like a one, two, pause. (laughs) (laughs) Skip to the other CD and like, you know, do that and be like the, (laughs) <laughs> you know it's just, like, it. per- it's just like perfectly like just in sync of just being like getting the right amount of pauses between songs and shit and all this mm-hmm. other stuff so no uh, it's like i feel like we were kind of like the i feel like i might be one of the younger generations that kind of were the last bit to experience that the ones that are kind of about to turn 30 so i'd see maybe in the I say people in their late 20s might be the last ones to really experience a genuine need to make a mixtape. I think so. I know there's going to be always people that experience what a mixtape is and maybe they did one as a kid, but like maybe the ne- the necessity to make one because that's all you had access to and all you could do. That's done. That might we my generation or the 25 to 30 year olds might be kind of the last stretch that had a necessity to do that.
1: I think you're right because you can just make a playlist on Spotify and that's your fucking mixtape. Well, now. I mean,
0: even people after that, they would have the burning CDs experience. Yep. So it's like they, they would have that. They would have their downloading their stuff off Rhapsody or LimeWire FrostWire after that was done. God, who remembers FrostWire F in the shit. chat for that?
1: <laughs> but they would make a mix CDs. They would do the mixtape version, but they would make CDs out of them. I had a shit ton oh, yeah. of those.
0: Oh, yeah. no, and, and I know, And there's people that still do that. I mean, help. As much as I should talk CDs, I mean, I would still maybe make one if I had a CD player. You know, I just don't even have a CD player anymore because I don't need one.
1: (laughs) Paul Paul brought up something interesting with the CD talk is that mm -hmm. Tool had all those weird fucking album covers that were like that.
0: Exactly. Tool, even though I'm not a fan of Tool at all, I I can absolutely give them credit for... They had a good visual thing to them.
1: They know how to do packaging really fucking well. Yes.
0: I I can take any sort of my personal opinions outside of that and be able to go, yeah, they're very good at their marketing. They're very good at what they do. And, and that's something else too, that uh, we actually kind of talked about the other day was uh, you, you were watching a different um, documentary more on like heavy metal. And this kind of was covering the late nineties and early two thousands era and watching that. Number one, just reaffirm that I do not like that music at all. <laughs> Double checked, yep, yep, don't like it. Doesn't hold up. <laughs> Didn't like it then. Don't like it now. For con- Sorry, Tyler. For context,
1: <laughs> for context this was uh, done on the era of the late '90s, early 2000s, Corn, Deftones, New yeah. Metal era.
0: And it's like, and I was watching a lot of that, and. It was really kind of hitting me, and especially with bands like Slipknot, where it's like they were very good at the visual. They were very good at the stage show. They were bringing shows, man. It's like it was something visually exciting to see. Seeing something like Slipknot, Manson, Zombie, any of these bands was very visually exciting to see. Exactly. It was just so unfortunate that the music sucked. <laughs> the music was just like so ha- it it's not it
1: does it didn't suck, it was just inaccessible. Sorry, In sorry,
0: sorry, sorry. In my opinion How dare you is it? <laughs> That
1: that doc's interview with uh, If you the guy,
0: hate me for saying that, call the voicemail hotline number, it's right fucking there. Do it
1: <laughs> That doc is hilarious with the uh, they do one interview with uh, the guy from Slipknot and he's just going on and on about you know the concept of it where he's just like the the point of Slipknot is to experience the pain Mm -hmm. and the anguish that we feel wearing our masks. It's just a reflection of society. It's just like, God damn it, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like Hank Hill just going like, son of a bitch. (laughs) Just play the drums. <laughs> Put, play your
0: fucking trash cans. Yeah. <laughs> Wes goes, uh, waiting all night for your jam to come on the radio to record it, then missing the first 10 seconds, and it ruins the whole damn thing. <laughs> and then having to wait on for it again. That was the real struggle.
1: Oh, yeah. That was before my time.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I unfortunately never uh, – well, I say unfortunately. I never got to experience that. Yeah, yeah. At least Paul's with us on this one. New metal sucked and sucks. <laughs> yeah, no that that was never really. I I could never.
1: I'd um, say I'd say hip hop was uh, more impactful in uh, the nineties than rock and, any rock and roll was. That was new.
0: Yeah, outside of even though again not a fan, but outside of maybe like the Pearl Jam's and the Nirvanas of the world, absolutely, rap had a lot more influence on I'd say pop culture and the social and political climate at the time.
1: Absolutely. Kind
0: of like what punk rock did for the eighties rap did for the nineties.
1: And unfortunately a lot of rock bands were, were trying to copy the rap where the copy, the rappers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really go over that well. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's like, and again, I, th- there's, there's a good bit that, um, of like nineties rap. I can listen to that. I've kind of warmed up to, but like as the majority, I'm definitely not a rap fan, but it's like, I 100% all day long can, you know, say they, as much as I love rock and roll they absolutely did more for music in the 90s than rock did
1: <laughs> it became more punk rock in my opinion because they literally started from the ground up with no instruments I was whatsoever gonna say,
0: it was just a new version of punk they they grabbed turntables and fucking grab fucking their queen, dad, their, the queen singles uh-huh. to fucking grab the beginning of the the claps for we will rock you exactly just to throw that shit on loop just to you know put brand new rhymes on it it's like it was a brand new version of punk rock
1: I watched uh Hamilton with my mother over uh Thanksgiving weekend and that was pretty surreal because oh, yeah? I'm watching the uh, you know a mu- a hip hop musical with my mother <laughs> how did that go It I mean it was a great production it was it was a fun watch and you know I'm not a theater guy but you know I enjoyed it mm-hmm. and it was just kind of one of those things that made me think about all the old guys from New York you know that's put hip hop together you know rapping about all the both bull- all the problems they were going through and all the uh the socioeconomic issues that they would talk about in their rhymes and uh here they are here we are 40 years later watching a hip-hop a hip-hop uh, musical with uh a pretty straight-laced conser- uh, conservative mother and yeah. she's loving it yeah and
0: suburban white girls are going out and watching the um straight out compton movie and everything yeah. else and what uh what well, their record label is now owned by hasbro and shit yeah <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Little eight-year-old kids are going, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and Eric actually brings up a great point. He goes, most people can't take new metal because there's zero pentatonic content to the music. It's just very uh, at- atonal. Atonal. Atonal like, like most jazz music.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I can... See that, especially with the rhythm playing, because uh, the bass player in Corn talks talks about that, where he doesn't see what he does as you know a bass player for the band, but more like an extra percussive element.
0: Yeah, and I, I was down there when he was talking about that, and yeah, just, and and I like <clears throat> rephrase that jazz is not as bad as people say. I don't necessarily like it, but it's not as mind numbingly like ear grading as people make it out to be. There it's are, pretty there ear grading are, though. There, well, there are different forms of jazz. Exactly. There, and, and that's, and that's where the distinction kind of lies. I can take maybe about one song of jazz. That's right. About it because that's about all there is. <laughs> but, but no, but, but no, with the
1: one the, jazz song ever. <laughs> it just
0: keeps going and they just, they cut different parts of it <laughs> and make it different track names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and Eric goes right there. Freeform jazz is garbage. Right. It jazz with a little bit of structure, a little bit of melody. Again, it's not my go to, but if you're having like a Christmas party or like a little get together, it's just fine to fucking throw on
1: in the background. Or if you just want to just like look super bougie and just, you know, have a wine glass with some Miles fuck Davis yeah, in the background fuck it, fuck or some it. shit. There's nothing wrong with that Not either. Not at all. <laughs> Tiki, <laughs> yeah. Tiki got me down the uh, Miles Davis rabbit hole. Really? Uh, Earlier this year, he just goes like, dude, check out this Miles Davis doc on Netflix. It's inspiring. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So it's like, what album should I check out by Miles Davis? It's like, no, just watch it. It's inspiring.
0: <laughs> hopefully, we'll get Tiki back. I'm trying to l- little tease here since you fine folks have stuck around with us for a good while. Hopefully, uh, as uh, as we roll into 2021, uh, yeah, 2021, I guess. <laughs> as we <laughs> roll into years. that, again, we're going to be hopefully getting right back to the weekly episodes, kind of figure out a way to get more content out there to you. And uh, I'm working on doing a dual episode with Tiki and Tony. That I think that would be a fun, fun episode, Tiki and Tony with the two of us, and just press record and just,
1: just go, let it go. <laughs> and just let
0: it go. <laughs> I want to get in a room
1: with them with a drummer at some we point, will.
0: too. We, we, Tony and I were talking on that. There might even be someone in this chat. I want them to hit up about that. You never know.
1: Word. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, man, I really don't think we've got... That much more to really cover. I mean, we kind of kind of gave a little sample of what may be coming down the fillin's rabbit hole. We had to talk about automatic love. Yes, uh, a little bit of stiff media, whatever.
1: It's, it's what you do it's like the absence makes the heart grow fonder exactly. and, I'm, and, I'm, and I am and I'm hope you guys enjoyed uh, your time with us because we <laughs> sure have enjoyed our time with you
0: and don't be hopping away too quick yet because I actually did wind up becoming prepared this time and we get to hop on into our favorite little segment called what the fuck are we listening to what
1: you're listening to son
0: I don't think you like it well why not I like this new generation of music
1: <laughs> Where did you record this?
0: I bought it at the mall.
1: What that person on your tape has is a
0: medical disorder. <laughs> it's like having a soundboard. I love this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Did you enjoy yourself? <laughs> a
0: little bit. <laughs> We've not been able to have that moment live yet. We always have to like wing it, but it's like right before I got grabbed the computer and shit, I was like, wait a minute. I need to grab the sound bite.
1: <laughs> so I actually remembered it this time, so I was happy about that. I hope somebody just takes this and just runs with it on something. <laughs> Aka me, because none of
0: them people are gonna do it. <laughs> just like the whole thing of, uh, uh, just like the whole thing of, um, you got to wear your own band shirt because no one else will. <laughs> exactly.
1: Before I get it into mine, definitely go to Gabba Gabba Hun's page on Facebook and yes. listen to their latest a- episode featuring
0: yours truly. That's right. No, Cap did his own little solo. Was that? I think that's just second time doing a solo interview, isn't
1: it? Uh, that was my s- talk. Et- tong- Are you talking about ever?
0: Uh, In relation to music.
1: I did the one fill-ins interview with Mm -hmm. the the Knoxville Station once, and Mm -hmm. yeah, this might be my second solo interview. There you go. So there you go. Look at you. Look at you. (laughs) And I got another one lined up with the Knoxville one this Friday. Oh. At
0: your damn boy. I was he's supposed a,
1: a, <laughs> they, they were trying to hit me up like right as I was about to play with Reed on Friday too. He goes, like, <laughs> call, he's just like, call the station at 820. I'm like, motherfuckers, <laughs> y'all didn't confirm nothing.
0: <laughs> well, Cap, what the hell have you been listening to, sir?
1: Man, other than all of the calif- Actually, you know, I'll get more specific with that. Uh we mentioned the descendants earlier. Milo goes to college is uh, you know, the classic descendants record, but it's that way for for a reason. It's the most black flaggy sounding of uh, of their catalog too, yeah. and again, like I mentioned earlier, all the, how musical people forget how musical all these these bands were too. Like the bass playing on Milo Goes to College is insane. Like uh, my age and suburban home, it's all down. Oh, of course, yeah. it's all downstrokes, but it's all loopy as shit. So that's just been kind of my thing, and uh, I was kind of get into it uh, a few years ago when we were uh, writing uh, stuff for The Time Is Now but uh, for some reason I uh, dipped out of that uh, style for uh, other things. But now I'm kind of coming back to revisit it a little bit.
0: I know what happened. You fell down the hardcore rabbit hole because that's around the same time deadlock. Was wanting to do a lot more with
1: you. Yep. So
0: you you got moved from your classic punk stuff, and all of a sudden you got redirected into researching classic hardcore. So now detuning my bass, yeah. So so basically now you just kind of you pulled the pages back and went, wait a minute. I didn't finish this chapter.
1: (laughs) That's kind of where I'm at right now with it.
0: No, and that's great. And like I said, I've been eating it up because, again, it's like it's all the stuff I had seen so many times growing up and then just have not consumed in a while. So, like, looking back on it now, it's just like,
1: ah, yes, yes, this is awesome. The bass playing on all those bands was so fucking good. The Minutemen, Mike Watt is a fucking monster.
0: All these punk bands really do not get the love they need for their bassists. Like, Dee Dee was a great bassist. Dukowski. Uh, yes, absolutely. Like, those classic punk bassists do not get the fucking love they get. And, and right there, Paul, he goes, bass playing on Bike Age is so awesome. Oh,
1: it's so good. That it, It's so loop. I, It's I struggle with all of these <laughs> songs, too.
0: But but they are. They're, they're just they're fucking great. They're classics for a reason.
1: Exactly. That's what it
0: comes down to. So,
1: yeah. Check out some Descendants, guys absolutely
0: and for me if you haven't been fucking looking at my instagram and figuring out what the hell i've been posting i feel sorry for you but no there's i have been in love with the network's new record money money 2020 part two it's pretty good i've been
1: listening to this a lot too
0: and it's it's a weird little thing i'm not going to go through the whole fucking like lore of it all at the end of the day it's the members of green day doing a new wave project it's the touring members of green day so if you look at like their live show it's not just the three of them anymore. They've got like an extra guitarist or two backing them up. They've got a keyboard player for like some of the songs that had piano for like the American Idiot days and shit like that. Right. And they uh, they released an album back in 2004, right before American Idiot, you know, and they had like this fake feud because the network wore masks and, you know, tried to hide their identity and stuff. And and this year, with basically with lockdown, that's a perfect time to write some at home, ne- you know, new wave electronic jump jams because you don't have have to all be in the same room you get to send each other tracks and they did a fucking double record yep. <laughs> they did a double record out of boredom <laughs> in
1: quarantine and what's fucked up is they're, pre- they're pretty good too all the songs are pretty damn yeah, solid
0: it's in the interesting thing is like it's 25 songs and under an hour
1: <laughs> i just kind of went all, like billy joe put out that solo record uh full of all those covers and now we've mm-hmm. got this album and yeah can't think of if they that camp's done anything well, else Well, Father in of All came out of the Father of All, of that that's year.
0: right. Yeah, so the, we got a Green Day record and then the um uh and then we had the No Fun Monday posts. Yeah. And then the network started hacking Green Day's network of um, social media accounts again and then boom, dropped an EP and then a record. And it's like I said, a double record with like all these music videos and shit and it's just like that. It's just really fucking fun, and right there, yes, that's what I was hoping for. Eric goes, "Some of your posts, almost Matt, had me thinking you joined the Flat Earth Society." That's the point. I love this band. The, one of the things they're kind of doing is taking like the funny, like bullshit conspiracy theories, and like running with it, and like trying to like own up to it, being like, "No, you motherfuckers, this shit's real," you know, and all this, and it's it's an absolute like tongue in cheek parody I, of the whole thing. I
1: love this campaign so much. Oh yeah, this has been like the mo- most fun like digital campaign. I've seen a popular band <laughs> do in this era of uh, social media promotion uh, for music. Oh yeah. We're without a doubt. Because,
0: because they, they set themselves up perfectly with it. They released an album years ago called money, money 2020, and then never did anything else with it. They did like three shows and that was it. So they set themselves up perfectly to make a return this year and, and holy fuck, what a year to do it. Yeah. Especially for a band that their first record was already talking about like the end of days come 2020. The record is called literally called We Told You So. Yep. <laughs> and that's what the first song is. It's literally just a chant of we're right, you're wrong, we're right and we told you so. <laughs> that is so fun. All the song is is just a chant of that over and over and then it kicks into the rest of the
1: record. <laughs> it's so good. I'd recommend that to anybody too. Whenever I show this record to anybody and tell them it's Green Day, they're just kind of like, "Really?" Huh.
0: Yeah, because they there's very few elements that really will remind you of Green Day. Yep. And and that and that's what I like about it. And I'm still not a Green Day fan. The the records I like, Green Day fans don't like. <laughs> they don't like the trilogy. They don't like Father of All, and those are the only records I like. <laughs> I still
1: go, I'd still go see them if I had like free tickets or some shit. I'm not like paying that. that
0: price. I, I don't go, love them that much. Well, hence, I'd go see
1: the network. Well, hence why I said, If they were free. Yeah, if
0: they were free. No, I'd see that for free, but no, I would not be paying that price for a Green Day show. I would still not go to that. I would pay maybe decent money for a network show because that would be an experience with everything they do live.
1: And uh, if they decided to tour in 2021 and they had with their budget now to put on a legit stage performance with all of that concept art and everything, there's no way you can't put on a show. uh, You can't put a show on with. With all that uh, art and all that uh, mm-hmm. that concept yeah
0: no so it, to me it, it just it tickled the the artistic side of me seeing like all the cool music videos and all of that kind of stuff So now just
1: I hope more bands do it. <clears throat>
0: yeah and right there even with Eric's going, you know is too expensive pay me it's like yeah I, I totally get it. I get it. people don't like Green Date that's fine. Neither does the network. That's the <laughs> point. The network hates Green Day. They are not Green Day, <laughs> and 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 they kind of go through through all that. And and trust me, Green Day is the uh, paycheck band at this point. I, it's it's not what they. I don't think is what they truly enjoy doing. If you want to hear what they truly enjoy doing, go listen to Foxborough Hot Tubs. Go listen to Billy's No Fun Monday stuff, and listen to the network because. None of it sounds like Green Day well, <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's
1: legitimately good too.
0: it is He's a good pop rock pop star artist kind of pop pop rock artist there it is
1: <laughs> Just a good musician
0: And plus the fun thing about the network it's not just Billy singing. Mike does a lot of singing and he has such a cool like baritone fucking like new wave voice. it's really cool and and the best way to kind of describe that band is the Ramones meets Devo. Yep, Maybe with a little bit of cars, maybe with a little bit of, you know, even like house kind of vibes to it. it Yeah,
1: there was some uh, Cure elements in there, especially when Mike Mm -hmm. sings.
0: Yeah, so no, it it definitely kind of, it strikes that 80s new wave versus like, you know, driving tunes. Yeah,
1: there's some dance in there too, like Prince. Prince,
0: I was going to say there's almost like some Prince inspired stuff, so yeah. Definitely check it out if you want something interesting, and it's not Green Day Green Day still sucks. This isn't Green Day.
1: <laughs> 80s as fuck, too. Yes.
0: Well, guys, it's been really real. Uh, now we're going to be wrapping it up for the realsies this time. And, uh, Cap, what, uh, I already know how we're going to be sending off this uh, episode. But do you have any final things to give the people?
1: Uh follow Automatic Love on Spotify, put it on your playlist, favorites, (laughs) buy t-shirts. See see
0: what he does now? See what he does now? All of a sudden, it used to be like, oh, I've got like some funny outro or anything. Now it's his time, (laughs) his promotions and now it's like, Cap, do you have an outro? He's like, yeah, follow my single, follow this, that, and the other.
1: (laughs) Support me by (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt.
0: Yes, I'm proud of you. I have trained you well. (laughs) But no, seriously, guys, follow him. Go check out the uh, solo single automatic love which are going to be popping on right here in a minute and if you like what we do here sign up to the patreon only one dollar a month you get two extra shows a week you always get an episode of you got to hear this every weekend where the two of us dive into a record we really like and discuss it we did
1: motorhead this week
0: yes we did and then every tuesday you either get an episode of that murder show or the couch potatoes and like i said we're going to be doing regular episodes of something good for you again here pretty soon it's just we've not had a lot to talk about. Even between the last show and this one, we had basically an hour's worth of content. So, yep. <laughs> ah, Dave, David, right there, it only took him three years to get an outro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, dude. Perfect. <laughs> for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com somethinggoodnetwork something good network.